Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blum and photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. I have the highlighted, most esteemed chef from down uh, below deck, Chef Ben. Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Hey, thank you for having me. What's up, guys? So you did the demo with so many things happening. I took a lot of photos and video. But um, you made the ceviche, and that's one of the things that I love in the summertime. So what made you decide to do ceviche at this, you know, season? Right. I, I actually, well, I live in Florida, so there are, there are no real seasons. It's always summer over there. But I just think it's a really lovely thing for people to bring into their household because it's one of those things It's like no one really knows how it's made. Like there are many of these things like making fresh pizza or sushi. And I love to be able to just simplify it for people and say, look, this is possible. You can do this at home and really enjoy it. And I just think it's a beautiful demonstration. And I really feel like it's really the best way of exemplifying a very fresh fish. So that's kind of what I do. Uh, cheers. Now, I know you had a little bit of a difficulty with the blowtorch, but, you know, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I love the fact that you brought both fishes, like, a you know, a salmon, too, with the nice meaty, fatty, like, healthy fat um, salmon. So what is it like? Because I feel like there's more space as far as room to maneuver. But I know in the, the yachts, you, you know, you have diff like a little bit more maneuvering difficulty. So what is it like to, to cook inside the kitchen and the yachts? The galley. The galley, yeah. Um, well, it always depends on the boat. I've actually been head chef on 300-foot yachts, and they've got plenty, plenty of space. In fact, I actually did six weeks without reprovisioning which is was quite a feat actually that's a bit of a science project but um yeah some some boats have tiny galleys some have big but yeah it's it's really it's a tough climber and uh but you know i always say on the bright side the smaller the kitchen the less you got to clean so so what is some of your inspiration when you're creating dishes because i mean i've i've watched your i've watched the show i've watched you and i've been extremely amazed with some of the things that you've created that you know you produce i know that some of the guests obviously kind of dictate what they want but how do you come up with so many interesting dishes in such a short period of time well I was, I'm just lucky and uh, in the sense that I think a lot of people arrive on these boats or on these below deck seasons and then they have their favorites and you can really see that their, that their food quality is kind of is dwindling as the season goes. I think they're running out of ideas, but I was blessed with creativity. I get my creativity from what I have on board and I think that's really important. Do not be stuck by what you don't have always just base and be inspired with what you have at hand and quite often on yachts it's really difficult to replenish your stores so i think creativity is great and just being focused on what you have and trying to turn it into something great i mean it's definitely possible and that's that's a big part of my enjoyment is essentially just turning something wonderful in um, from from nothing you know it's incredible I'm very blessed to have this as an art, and I'm always learning, and it's great. So 
obviously you've been to a bunch of different ports. When you do that, do you visit the various markets that are, you know, out there and available? And what are some of your favorite markets that you visited? That's a good question. So, yes, um, if I have time, I would I love to go to port. Um, France, the south of France has just incredible vegetable markets. But I'll always be I'll always remember the fish market in Saint-Tropez, which is basically through one of the archways. And it's this slightly enclosed area. And uh, during the morning and early afternoon, it's a fish market. And, uh, and it's just really wonderful. Unfortunately, I do struggle for time. and uh, But it's, uh, sometimes you get a day off here and there. And, and, and I do love to spend it at a farm. And I'm always wanting to learn. And, uh, and, and using a seasonal ingredient indigenous to that area, I believe that's kind of what a, like a yacht client expects. So... I just, I try and, you know, if I'm in Naples, Italy, I, I would do, you know, a beautiful fresh pizza, ne neo Neapolitan style. So I think that's really key because it really brings that uh, indigenous food into that experience for the charter guest. And that's kind of what it's all So out of curiosity, where did you study um, for culinary school or... Oh, God, I'm, I'm so old. I don't even think we had bloody culinary school in England. I think America actually started that. Well, the cordon bleu, that's slightly unfair. But I apprenticeshiped at a three Michelin star restaurant when I was 18 and then became an executive chef at a very young age. I was an exec uh, chef at like 22. Um, and then I got into yachting. And at the age of 28, I was head chef on the biggest yacht in the world. So um, I just rolled with the punches. Lots and lots of hard work. But um, it was it's, it's very rewarding as well at the same time. And I did take a bit of a paycheck. I will tell you that. I was able to, uh, at the age of 29, buy, buy a condo on the water, which I still live in to this day. I bought it in cash. So um, when I was 29, I had no business running around with a quarter of a million dollars in my bank account. So I think that was a smart play. You know, I could have, uh, I could have screwed that one up. <laughs> but uh, I th I, I'm very grateful for it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a hard profession um, monetarily, uh, you know, um, if you were to work the line or whatever, but yacht chefing, you, you get paid extremely well, but, but you have to be very good. Um, and, it, and it really drove me and I was fortunate and I still have that drive to this day. So you did announce a little bit and I don't know if it was a teaser or not, whether or not you are going to be on another season of Below Deck, but um, I would love to see you on another season. But as far as what you're currently doing, you know, where where can people find you and hire you? So I am available for hire. I, I do private parties, large and small. I do corporate demos, large and small. Um, and, you know, that's what we're kind of doing now. But eventually I will have a certain restaurant. I think I understand the concept now. It's taken me quite a few years. Uh, it's obviously a really tough game to be in. Margins are very tough. You're very reliant on your on your labor force, which can be, you know, tend to be unreliable, particularly, no offense to South Floridians, but you'd be lucky if they show up to work. So I, I do very well with my traveling catering company. But um, and also, no, I, I think I thought for a few years that I had closed the door on Below Deck and I wanted to move, move on. But um, I do see the show now and and I think a, an, an OG, which I would be the OG to two franchises, um, I think they could, it, it, could, it could be a possibility. So I, I've kind of lifted um, 
the no way am I ever going to do that again to uh, it's a possibility. So it, it's, a, it's a bit of a tease. Um, I'm not trying to get a, public, a publicity rise out of it at all. I'm just telling people how I feel. And, uh, and I might have another season in me, but we'll see how it goes. It's obviously not up to me. I did um, quit the job. I wasn't fired or anything like that. I quit it. And, uh, you know, there was a time where over a 365-day period where I did three seasons. So I think over 220 days, I was actually filmed 24 hours um, a day, seven days a week, which was is basically I was like the Truman. So, um, and, and that's kind of an unhealthy existence, and it took me a couple of years to recover. But I think I'm, I'm back in the swing of things. And believe it or not, I think I'm in better shape than ever. So it's not a door that I have completed. Now, speaking of seasonings, uh, you started a line of sauces. So do you want to let our listeners know about some of the sauces you've created? Uh, we spent a lot of time in development with three beautiful hot sauces. Uh, I also have knives, apparel. We do these really cool chef um, jackets that we will personalize. You also have these bandanas that you were handing out. I just actually, I used to go through a bandana a day and I just thought, you know, it would probably save me money to actually just start my own company <laughs> with bandanas. And I love bandanas. I think it's a clean way of cooking. You put your hair back. I think it looks sharp. I love Japanese style, you know, so, um, you know, that, that's what I did. They sell, I sell them for eight bucks. It's nothing. Um, but I, I love having thousands of bandanas at my disposal. So before I get some of your information for our listeners to follow you, what is one of your culinary, because there's so many different ways to cook and different culinary cuisines, what is one of your favorite cuisine styles that you like to cook with? That's a good question. So as a, as a yacht chef, you know, there's just never enough time in the day. Um, I look for quick, effective flavors with a beautiful presentation. So I do lean on Asian quite often, um, particularly Japanese. I love it. Um, and also it's just clean, healthy uh, eating. But it's also generally gluten-free as well. So I don't have to worry about the gluten-free warriors taking over the ship or anything like that. So, you know, I, I, I do love that. I do love those flavor profiles. Very Thank you. So how are would our listeners follow you online and how would they be able to find your sauces? Yeah, absolutely. So follow me um, on Instagram at Benstogram um, or just look up Chef Ben Robinson. You can find me. I'm validated. Um, yeah, look for the validated. There's some copycats out there. But uh, yeah, go to my shop now on my link tree. In my bio, feel free to write me messages. Uh, I love feedback from my products, or just if you have a simple, you know, food query, I would be happy to answer that. Uh, but I really believe in my products. My knife is my favorite knife, and I have every knife in the world, and I really love that knife particularly. Um, and I think I was in a good position to design a knife because. You know, I had one in my hand for about 20 hours a day and I wanted to, you know, I was very stringent on weight and length and ergonomics and it really works out. It's like a little Ferrari. So, uh, yeah, check it out. All right, Ben, thank you for joining us on Food Firms and Chefs. And I will let you go so you can go wander off and enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Take care. Many thanks. Cheers. We are live at Taste of Lancaster, and I am sitting with the amazing, talented, and my friend, friend of the show, Chef Brian Duffy. Brian, thank you for joining us on Food Firms and Chefs again. It's my pleasure. What's going on? I mean, not much, just a few things behind us, you know. Exactly. 
I know. Everybody's back there. They're talking loud. That's Guy Mitchell, former culinary staff of the White House. I know, and I've interviewed him before. I love him. He's a- absolutely amicable, like super friendly. Yeah, very cool guy. And a great host. Great host. He does an awesome job. And, uh, I mean, you would know, too, because you were doing a demo yesterday. So let our listeners know, what did you make? So we did, uh, I got a beautiful, a couple of beautiful dry-age steaks from Ashley Foods. They were a 48-day dry-age, so it was awesome. We seared those off in a fun little cast-iron pan from the Lancaster guys up here. Uh, And then I did just some braised tomatoes with spinach and arugula, uh, some red onions, and uh, some locatelli on top of it. What? Oh, yeah, I did an egg. I did a Philly dippy egg right on top of our steaks. Uh, and then we did some bra- some uh, quick saute, like a dry saute of mushroom uh, with some really fun fried potatoes and then almost like a like a dry chimichurri on the outside. It was fun, it was fun and it was absolutely delicious because you brought it back here after. All right. Yeah, I know. So we all got to eat a little bit. Um, that was sneak a little taste. But um, I have to say, I don't know if you when you heard me when, I, when you were up there, but when you said Lucatelli, I was like, woo! You said what? Oh, the Locatelli? Yeah. 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 So uh, what is what is your favorite thing? Like, how do you like making steaks? Because it seemed like that was uh, medium rare, like more towards the rare. More towards the rare side, but especially with the dry age that way. On a ribeye, I would have gone a little bit further with it, but it's tough when you're cooking on a, stem, a, a stove that's 30 years old up there. Uh, but uh, I typically, on a ribeye, go into a, a medium rare to medium size. So. I mean, I have to say that I love a medium rare. I love any kind of beef, like, where it's a little juicy, like, messy. If it's messy, like, that's my favorite. I mean, the whole idea is, like, look, if you're going to go, the more fat that's in there, you want to cook that fat through, so it's got to be cooked more. That's kind of the, the world of where that works. Unless you're in, like, a Wagyu world. That's a whole different situation. But on an average steak, most people do. They'll overcook them. They'll do whatever. Filets, anything more than a rare on a filet is a wasted piece of meat. New York strip really should be done at a medium rare, whereas a ribeye should be done at a medium. I mean, I love I love a good steak. Like, and surf and turf is one of my favorite things, too. Um, now, one of the things, when you were up there, you were also kind of talking a lot about salt. And <laughs> Crazy. Everybody, it seems like I've been doing demos for years and people are always asking me about salt and what's going on with it. So I'm a huge fan of salt across the board. One, it's something we need in our body. Two, a lot of people use salts that are not worth their weight in salt. You know, you buy an iodized salt. It's a chemically enhanced product. It doesn't have the same flavors. Spend the extra 47 cents and get good salt. I love salt. And I have a lot of uh, flavored salts at home, like a huge selection of them. One of my favorites, of course, is with truffle in it. Yeah. I'm not a fan of mixing things with salt at all. I don't think, uh, because I think salt has its own flavor. So when you're adding stuff into it, like I've seen lavender salts and all of that stuff, it's not my world. I like to, if I'm going to do it, I want to add my own stuff into it. I don't want somebody else doing it for me. Now, are you into um, the the coarse salt where you kind of like grind it up on your own? I typically will grind most of my salt to myself because you're releasing all the natural from it at that point. And a lot of times when you're buying salts and whatnot that are pre-ground and whatnot, they're just older. It's just a natural part of it. So if you can buy, if you if I'm going to use a fresh tomato, then I want to use fresh salt. I want to use fresh pepper. I want to use whatever I can. Not only that, I want to control it. So I, if I want a super fine grind in something, I'll do a fine grind. If I want a heavier grind in it for whatever it's going to be a fish, a finishing salt or for texture, 
like the Maldon that I used yesterday, that smoked Maldon has texture to it as well. So it doesn't just hit a piece of meat and melt. What it does is it hits that piece of meat, it melts a little bit, but it still kind of holds its shape to it. So you're going to bite into that and you're going to go, oh my God, that's a great crunch. I've got texture, I've got flavor, I've got it all. And I love, I love salt because it not only does it enhance the flavors of the meat or whatever, you can put on fish, finishing salt and it adds a little bit of oomph to it too. Um, and then another thing that you set up there, and this is a big food world thing, is a salted butter versus unsalted butter. I mean, it's an unsalted, I, I, I'm always with an unsalted butter because of the fact that I want to control what's going directly into something. So if you're going to use an unsalted butter, it doesn't cook down the same exact way. But the other part of it is that it's going to add more salt to your flavor, which is add your own salt to it. Don't buy salted butter. I don't know. It doesn't play in my world. Not at all. I, you know, I one of my favorite things, too, is, um, and I was at a tasting menu uh, in, elaborate dinner at one point in time and one of the chefs that was cooking made a um melt like they melted up cheese and ice for the life of me cannot figure out what they put in it but cheese and ice she like a melted down cheese with the steak and it was like it was just creamy and so delicious have you ever done that like sounds like pinterest to me <laughs> something i'd find on etsy no offense to anybody uh, I don't know about cooking a steak and melting cheese. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that. It was almost like a creamy sauce. I know it sounds like a little off, but it was right. delicious. I got you. No, I'm all for a good creamy sauce with it. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, I know that you're currently not drinking, but uh, when you were drinking, what's a beer that you would want to pair with this? Uh, I don't like beer. I'm a weird guy like that. Uh, I was really into craft beers a long time ago. Uh, it's just not something I drink anymore. If for me, I like a deeper depth of flavor, and a lot of time beers kind of taste the same to me. No offense to anybody who's out here. It's just not my world. If I do drink beer, I drink Budweiser. I mean, this is the famous Budweiser beer. We know another brand produced by the brewer. It's cost so much to brew and age are exclusive. Beachwood aging produces the smoothness, the taste, and drinkability. You will find in no other beer at any price. But other than that, I'm an agroni guy across the board. I love, but I like a Mezcal Negroni, or I'm a huge bourbon guy. I love bourbon. Love whiskey, any of the deeper, darker stuff I'm a big fan of. But uh, my normal, if I go out drink, would be a Mezcal Negroni. Uh, if I'm going out, like, drinking to get banged up, then it's a goose and soda, single tall, two olives, and a lime. That's called Chef's Night Out. Uh, and then if I'm out with my buddies or I'm just kind of hanging out on a boat in Florida, I'm going to drink Budweiser or, like, a White Claw. Like, I'm good, you know? All right, so you, um, I think, are you helping out with another demo today? I just stopped by to say hi to everybody before I roll. Okay, well, I thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Now, where can people find you? Where will they find you next? And uh, plug whatever you want. Got it. So I fly uh, 100 plus thousand miles a year. So you can find me on an American Air flight somewhere. Uh, on Instagram and all the other stuff, it's Chef Bride Duff. Um, if you want to check out a really new cool program that we've got going on or project we've got going on, it's called My World Chef. You can follow that on Instagram as well. It's a celebrity chef shoppable marketplace that has our own streaming content to it. So it's a pretty wild program. We hook up with some of the greatest chefs throughout the country. Tim Hollingsworth, Brooke Williamson, Tiffany Derry. We just did a huge thing with Stanley Tucci, Jet Tila. So we've got really cool stuff with that. Uh, but other than that, I'm on Instagram. I'm flying. I'm having fun. And I'm just traveling around the world.
All right. Well, thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. And hopefully I'll have you back again on a Zoom session for longer. I will. All right. Thank you. Join us on Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from top industry leaders to startups and the farmers who make it all possible with co-host Jean Blum and Amaris Pollock with original episodes that debut every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on WWDB 97.5 HD2 and at wwdbam.com and on your smart speaker. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. I am here with Shed Ed Cavino, who is the best damn soup company um, owner and creator. So welcome back. You were, I met you at Taste of Philadelphia, and now you're at Taste of Lancaster. So what was it like for you being up on stage and doing the demo? Oh, we had a great time today. I actually... Um she, the the MC uh, chef guy Mitchell, uh, be, we're becoming good friends over all these years. So we had a, a great time talking about actually my business. Usually I do a cooking demo, but today we talked about what I'm offering people with my company, because my goal is to really, with Best Damn Soup, um, my goal is to give people at home an opportunity to have an easy meal, but not something that's full of all the junk, preservatives, and salt that you get in the in the, in the store. Uh, these are these are recipes that I made for my family. Um, good hearty meals. When I say hearty, I mean like we all grew up with the, like the chicken soup in the can. It's all water. Mine is like a stew, like a meal. My chili, um, all my different soups are like when you have it, you've had lunch, and it's uh, all natural, just like same same ingredients you use at home. I just do it in a 300 gallon kettle, <laughs> and, and we freeze them and we pump them in these little bags. You freeze them, and you just get it. You heat up in a boil in a bag. It's simple at home. Um, I do this because my wife, who is quite wonderful, doesn't cook. And I'm the cook. And sometimes I just want something easy. Or while I'm traveling, I want to make sure they're eating well. Um, so, I mean, she'll get her, of course, to order the pizzas here and there. But I want to make sure she's the backup, backup as this. Now, also going in the wintertime and all year round, it's nice to have these. Because, um, you know, I mean, anytime you want to have convenient meals, especially for all your family, you're tired, you come home. You just don't want to be dealing with stuff. So you take these little pouches out of your freezer. You put it in the simmering water. Go check your mail. Have a glass of wine. Whatever you're going to do, come back and food and the dinner's ready. And you know you have the comfort knowing that it's just like, like it's like your grandma just made it and dropped it off at your house. That's how it tastes. And that's how filling it is. Um, but we had a great stage up there. We did the demo with that. And also we were joined by um, uh, Chef Ben, who's one of the celebrity chefs here this weekend. He's from the... The Below Deck Mediterranean show, which we've seen a few times. Actually, we were addicted. I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit it, yes. <laughs> we did watch it for a little while, and uh, it's a great show. He's a great chef, and I met him a few times uh, today, and he came up on stage. I was flattered that he thought my chicken soup was the best damn chicken soup around. Again, we are called Best Damn Soup. Um, but even in addition to this, although that was our demo today, I do enjoy just going around teaching people. I mean, I don't do just soups. Um, it's funny because people say... Boy, all you eat is soup. No, I like a good steak, too, and I like a lasagna. <laughs> so I do everything. Um, my whole background is just a general, um, again, every line of the of the, the kitchen in the back, from the broil, the saute, to Chef Tarant. Um, I, I have a full culinary training, so I love all of my different, different foods. But I chose the soups because, in this case here, it's just something everyone can relate to. And in one category, you can find a million different things. You can have barbecue soups, vegan soups, any cuisine you want. 
uh, Asian, Italian. You keep going down the all in one, all in one simple thing, and it's nice to be able to bring it to people's homes around the country. Um, if you're on a diet, you can have something lighter like a vegetable soup. If you're not on a diet, you have the lobster bisque, which has the butter and the sherry. Um, yum. And also makes a nice sauce, too, by the way, with the lobster ravioli. Um, yeah, life is good. I enjoy food, um, as my belt line will tell anyone who sees me. <laughs> but I'm a happy guy. And that's a little bit about me. I mean, I definitely love that, you know, you have those because I've had enough friends of mine who have gotten pregnant, too. So, so this is something that, you know... No, I know it wasn't your fault. Um, but like, but I do have uh, a lot of friends who've gotten pregnant over the years. And one of the things that um, pregnant people do is they create a phone tree and a food tree. This actually would be a, a wonderful way to sell, sell your soups, too, is like, you know, hey, if you need food because you're a busy mom, like, yes, busy families need it. But I think that, you know, you'd add, add that to your phone tree. I love that. I mean, I had no idea about how it can affect different people and help, like, the trees and such. Like, another thing with my soups is funny because years ago, my dad, who was passed away years ago, um, had problem with, uh, he had kidney disease and couldn't have sodium or much of it. So I learned to cook some stuff with him, very low sodium. And it's, now I carry it into my soups because a lot of people out there, for, for dietary reasons or for medical reasons, like, maybe can't have salt or much salt. So I, all my soups have less sodium than you find in other soups. I'm not going to call them low sodium because it's more like hospital food, but um, less than you can have in other places. But again, now you tell me about the, about the pregnancy tree, and I'm sure there's other people out there with little niches that I wasn't aware of. Well, thank you very much. So um, for anybody who's out there who's looking for the pre-made bills, and I mean, I watched it on stage. It, it was very easy, quick, and, you know, within like 10, 15 minutes, you have a me- five minutes, sorry, you have, you know, a full meal. And like how many portions are in each uh, of the satchels? Uh, it's, um, we, we say two good portions in there. It's a 16-ounce it's a or a one-pound bag, uh, frozen boiler bag, so you get two eight-ounce bowls out of that which is good because um, I actually I used to do bigger ones that were like a half a gallon, which were, which were fed more people, but they were harder to, to deal with because they were bigger, bulkier, they wouldn't fit in the pot. So what I found from doing surveys with my customers and just playing on my own, we came up with this, um, what I feel is the perfect size. It's good for one or two servings. They don't take up much room in the freezer. They lay flat in there, and they fit in, in, in the pot very easily. Now, one of the things that uh, people might want to know is how long does it last in the freezer because you know obviously when they're you know purchasing i know i love soups i will eat soups year round and stews like you can do so much with it because as you had said you can use the the lobster bisque in order to put on top of ravioli you can use you know stews or whatever and put it on top of like rice or noodles or you know mix it in there's so many creative things that you can do outside of just you know eating it as a stew or a soup so what um, what is the how long does it stay in the freezer for? Um, FDA gives us 18 months easy because it's frozen, no bacteria in there. Now the way we make this again, there's no preservatives. It's just like fresh, homemade soup, but we do a quick freeze. It's actually, we the way we do this, it's it's, it's scientifically we we fill the bags uh, just below boiling, so it's a sterile environment. There's no bacteria in there. Uh, but there's no preservatives. But with the frozen atmosphere and the hot fill, you're good. So we fill them, we, f- we quick cool them, then we freeze them. And that way, they stay about 18 months in the freezer. And also, if you thaw them out, just leave them in the fridge, unopened in the fridge, 10 days. Um, and and it, it's, it's great. And, and you just find, you just heat it right up. 
And again, that's all there without getting the canned taste from the canned soups or without having some artificial thing, you know, of the flavor in there. It's just, and it's still going to taste fresh like, like grandma made it in your house this morning and, came, and you came over. Say, grandma, what are you doing in my kitchen? And who, who unlocked the liquor cabinet? All right. <laughs> I have a weird sense of humor, guys. <laughs> All right. So now for anybody who is out there listening, if you are interested in finding out more information and finding out, you know, where to find his soups, um, his information is best B-E-S D-A-M soup. And his name is Edward Covino. Again, bestdamnsoup.com, B-E-S-D-A-M, no T and no N, dot com. You can Google us. You can see some of the stuff we've done on TV. We've done a bunch of shows around the country, some of the morning shows out of Manhattan. We would love to have you taste it and have you become one of our one of our happy, regular customers. Thank you, and, and have, a, have, a, have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs, and I love having you on. Thanks. Great being here every time. I love our chats. I'm here with Chef Barry Sexton. Barry, what brought you to Taste of Lancaster today? I actually came here to actually represent Philadelphia and New Jersey, and I always love coming to Lancaster because you get to see how it's developed and how it is moving with all the restaurants, all the new stores opening, so it's coming alive. Lancaster is definitely coming alive. And I love the people. The people are outgoing and love attending food shows. And we all love when you uh, attend, too. And you did a demo. So what what, what did you uh, cook tonight? Actually, I have uh, a representative and a sponsor through Giorgio Mushrooms. And I actually made a mushroom quesadilla. And it was well flavors of cumin, smoked paprika, chili powder, it was everything you can imagine, cooked it with red beans, mushrooms, caramelized onions and garlic, cilantro, killed it with me- melted cheddar inside of a tortilla and just pan seared it. It's beautiful. And uh, how was everybody, was everybody out there in the audience just chewing along and just like, oh, because I mean, I'm a huge, huge fit lover of like anything that has cumin in it. And then, you know, obviously if you add paprika, it puts that nice heat on it. So um, I love the fact that you made something that had so many flavors and the fact that you incorporated your um, sponsor with the mushrooms, like obviously you have to do that, give a nice throwback to uh, who's who's supporting you. Absolutely. You're 100% correct. It was a, a, a great turnout. Uh, of course, I was sampling that dish, one of the dishes. Anyway, I also made a mushroom risotto, but I was sampling it. And for two and a half hours, that was a very busy output. But there's a lot of guests, a lot of people, a lot of smiles, a lot of people happy to be here in Lancaster. And I'm happy to be here in Lancaster, too. So um, just out of curiosity, what what's going to happen for you next? Thank you. I'm always going to be doing something. I'm getting ready right now for the holiday season that's coming up. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. Christmas is right around the corner. And around those two corners is New Year's Eve. So there's a lot that's going on at this time of year. And everyone always wants to invite people over to their house to celebrate. So is there anything, because obviously Thanksgiving is the first one coming up, so is there anything special on the table for, for you and your household? This is the first year that I am not going to, I'm going to cook for Thanksgiving, but I am not attending an event for Thanksgiving. It's the first year I'm going to actually donate this time to my family and spend some time with them because every year 
I'm never home. Never. So I'm looking forward to it. So out of curiosity, where did you study? I spent about 38 years of my life working with the French. So I had to pay attention to everything that was around me. I never believed in school or trade or whatever because you can always do on-the-job learning if your brain allows you to accumulate everything that you know, only to pull it back out later. You have to be able to remember and put it all on the table. Very nice. So <clears throat> I, for our table at Thanksgiving, am usually in charge of the sides. What are some of your favorite side dishes that you uh, that you have created? I usually put together something like a, a mushroom orzo pasta that I, I cook all together so the orzo takes on the same flavor of the mushrooms. Of course, I do like a butternut squash, sweet potato, ca- candied, all of it with the cinnamon and, and a nutmeg and a vanilla and the butter and brown sugar and honey and it's, it's, it's a beautiful turnout and just making a puree out of parsnips and rutabagas is like nice at that time of the year yeah. so it's always I try to do something that's a little different as a side so it's not considered to be the same side that someone would see in general and as long as you do something different everybody appreciates something different because it's not the same Now, for our listeners out there, where can they find you and where can they uh, eat some of your food? Because, you know, mighty hungry over here. Well, if you were in search for me, you can find me on Instagram under Chef Sexy. My last name is Sexton. You can find me on Instagram under Chef Sexy, just a play on words, because my last name is Sexton. If you're on Facebook, social media, you can find me underneath Barry Sexton. Trying to keep it always simple. And... As usual, as we say with anyone, you can Google them and find out where they're going to be. Um, I'm always somewhere. I go from city to state, from state to countries. I'm always around, but I love what I do. And it's always about making sure that what you do is spread around for the people to be able to experience. So it's all about personality, and it's always about cooking allowing someone to see what you could do. So that's the reason why I'm here in Lancaster at the food festival, because I want people to be able to see that somebody out there is real. And there's nothing like seeing someone cook right in front of you. So that's what I do. I love that. So I would love to have you on for a longer uh, interview on Food Farms and Chefs. But for now, thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs at Taste of Lancaster. And thank you for having a little chat. Well, first of all, I appreciate being invited. Love the time to sit here to share personally some of my thoughts and I look forward to our next endeavor. Thank you very much, Chef. To become a sponsor of Food Farms and Chefs and have your business or event promoted on two radio stations in Philadelphia that play on Tuesdays during Drive Time Radio and on a station in New York on Fridays at 1 p.m., you can email us at foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com or arpolicus at gmail.com. Welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. I have an amazing and talented chef that Barbie Marshall actually introduced me to. Bev Jenkins for Hot Wings on the Run is with us at live at Taste of Lancaster. So what brought you here today? Oh, I come here every year. I have so many dedicated customers here. I can't I can't not come here now. 
So um, tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, about your business, and you know, then of course we'll get into what you, you what you're bringing today. Okay, that sounds great. Well, everybody calls me BJ, and the business that I have is I have the best smoked honey barbecue sauce and spicy buffalo wing sauce, but I also have jalapeno hot sauces. I have Trini hot pepper sauce, which is where I'm from, Trinidad. And I have this extreme lover's dream spicy, spicy sauce with the three hottest peppers in the world. And um, I have a green wing sauce. I'm introducing green garlic wing sauce this year. Oh, yeah. So and, uh, part of my proceeds go to assisting women of domestic violence and training people who uh, don't speak English very well and also training the people here and mentoring trouble. I mean, there's a lot to unload right there. Like, you're you're giving back to the community in so many ways just by, you know, all of the extra things that you do. So you clearly have a huge heart in not just the culinary world, but also, like, outside of, you know, the culinary world within the community. So how long have you been um, helping out with people who are victims of domestic violence and or survivors, I should say, of domestic violence and people who are learning to articulate in the English language? How long have you been doing that? Oh, I've been doing it for more than 20 years. I also forgot I teach entrepreneurship to transitioning soldiers in the military as well. And I enjoy doing it completely nonprofit, free of charge. Of course, I do international catering as well. So I cook all different kinds of foods. So I'm really, really happy to do it. And yes, it's been over 20. I'm really excited about it. I mean, that is exciting. I know our listeners, obviously, they love to eat. So your sauces are something that are bottled and that people can purchase and like just add on to uh, whatever they're, they're making for the night. Well, let me tell you, my sauces, and I'm finding out from my customers, they give me all these great ideas about how my wing sauce is great for their soups. But what's really awesome this time of year, oh my gosh, is the barbecue sauce on turkey. So I tell them the recipe. You take an oven bag, take the whole turkey when it's thawed out, take two cups of the barbecue sauce, put it all over the turkey, take an apple, core the apple, put it in the cavity of the turkey, put it in the oven bag, tie it up, and let it bake, and then when that baby's almost done, put a couple of brushes on there, and you've got the best turkey. It doesn't even taste like turkey. So I really, I mean, and some ladies call it their Bloody Mary sauce. And the Extreme Lover's Dream Sauce is so spicy. I'm telling you, it's too spicy to call it hot sauce. That's why I call it the Extreme Spicy Lover's Dream Sauce. I mean, you got to love something like that. Um, so you said that you, you started making a green a green barbecue sauce, or sorry, a green hot wing sauce. So what, I mean, obviously you can't divulge all of the secrets, but what are, what are some of the tasting profiles of that sauce? Oh, okay, about the green garlic wing sauce. So it's got a blend of jalapenos and carrots and garlic and my own personal spices because I also sell my Trini curry chicken, curry mix masala, and one for goat if you like curry goat. And also if you're a vegetarian, all my products are vegan based. So if you want to do curry china or curry potatoes, you can do that. I mean, it's just 
limitless on what you can do. I'm telling you, I'm really, really excited about everything that um, the customers come back. I mean, it definitely sounds delicious. I would love to have something like on my side, like side dishes. You you said curry. My eyes like bugged out because anybody who like is a fan of the show knows this. But you you were you know only kind of newly meeting me. I love curry and I love spices. So this is a perfect thing to like bring about. Um, so what's one of your favorite sauces that you eat? Oh, my gosh. I would say ribs. So I take the barbecue and the wing sauce and mix it together, and I put it all over my ribs. And then when it's almost done, I use Extreme Lover's Dream Sauce to just really get me sweating and everything. And also, I don't know if you know, but hot sauces release these uh, endorphins in your brain. It makes you feel good. And it's also slightly an aphrodisiac, okay? That's, you know, I'm going to stop it right there. <laughs> it's a family show. <laughs> so thank you for, for ending it right there. Um, but, okay, so our listeners, obviously, they're, they run a whole gamut. What about um, someone who isn't so happy about, like, heat, like, hot, spicy foods, but, like, wants a little bit of flavor? Do you have something for them? Oh, definitely the smoked honey barbecue sauce. It's not spicy. It's very tasty. And believe it or not, the jalapeno sauce is not really spicy. Now, the green garlic wing sauce, and it may look a little strange on the wings, but let me tell you, when you put that on the wings, oh, my gosh. Actually, it's my customers. They use the wings, and they put it on eggs and everything. So, I mean, it's my customers that tell me all these different ideas. One guy today told me that he uses it in his Tuscan soup. So I'm like, wow, that sounds awesome. So they're teaching me what they're using. And that's brilliant. Um, so what did you make tonight, today? Oh, my gosh. I did for, I, for over 400 crab balls, which I used my seasoner for, imperial crab balls. And then I made uh, roast with the barbecue sauce. I marinated the barbecue sauce. And it's just like tender, so tender. It's almost like it's a meat tenderizer as well. And of course, I had spicy wings. You can put whatever you want to on it. Let's see, what else did I make today? Oh, gee. Oh, yes. And turkey. And I've got a turkey ham going right now. There's actually turkey, and I've got barbecue sauce on it because the flavor is just awesome with the smoked honey barbecue sauce. Well, that sounds absolutely delicious, and I hope that I get a chance to actually try it. Now, for our listeners out there, you know, especially because they're going to want to start cooking, you know, larger meals considering Thanksgiving, all the seasons of eatings are coming around. Um, so what, what, where can they find your sauces, and where can they find you online? Okay, so they can send me emails at hotwingsontherun at gmail.com. They can also... Uh, find me on www.hotwingsontherun.com. Um, they can give me a call at 202-638-9995. And uh, oh, you can text me as well. And remember, I do international catering, which means I do Mexican food, Italian food, Persian food, Trini food, Caribbean food, curry, chicken, curry goat, curry shrimp, curry potato, curry china. I do a whole vegan mix. I do Greek food. I do... Italian food, I do Thai food, I do Vietnamese food. Okay, I'm going to stop there, but I, it, the, it goes on and on and on. I mean, I don't know anybody who wouldn't love to, like, hire you. Would you ever teach somebody, and like, do you do classes in home? I absolutely would love that. Believe it or not, I'm a master trainer when it comes to IT, but I would love to. 
I'm fine with teaching cooking as well. In fact, I'm working on a cookbook called Kids Can Cook Too, which my kids actually cooked using a crock pot and a rice steamer when mom had to work when I became a single parent. That's very sweet. I love that. I actually earlier uh, met, met one of the visitors to this, and she was looking to find somebody who could teach her kids to cook because they're all interested in that. So that's lovely that you're doing that. Uh, how, how long have you said you've been doing this for a while? What started your passion in this? Well, I've always been part of an international group, and so I have a very close friend from the Philippines. And every time they get together, they would say, come to the party, come to the party, bring your wings, bring your wings. And I looked around one time, and they kept saying, oh, you really should be selling this sauce. You should be selling sauce. And I'm looking. Some are married to people from the U.K., and from Asian countries, from here, America, from everywhere. And I looked and said, wow, this is your market. You've got everybody here, and they're all crazy about your sauce. And they kept saying, you should be selling, you should be selling. And that's what I tell people. If you got something, and everybody says, wow, you should be selling it, you might want to listen to them. And I decided to take them up on it. You should be selling on My first show, I sold out. My second show, I sold out. I mean, it's been awesome. That's great. Now, you brought a sauce over, over to the table. So tell us, tell our listeners and tell me a little bit about this sauce. Okay, now this is a step down it depend, or up. It depends on your taste buds, but it's called BJ's Triple Extreme Spicy Sauce, and it's got Carolina Reapers, which is the hottest peppers in the world, scorpion peppers from Trinidad, second hottest, and it's got ghost peppers, third hottest. And then under that, I've got a little scotch bonnets in it as well. And I'm telling you, it's been enjoyable to watch people, especially the guys, sweat and bead, the hair, hair wet, um, coming out of their clothes. Like, wait a minute, guys. After you, you can't take your shirt off past your waist, okay? This is a G-rated show here. But they just love it. And so I'm really excited because I'm a spicy lover, too. So this is a great gathering place for spicy lovers. Ooh, for spicy lovers. <laughs> well, I know a few uh, guys who like to test their uh, limits on spice levels. So maybe I could get you connected to them and they could do a whole thing. But uh, a, ghost, a ghost reaper, I'm, no, I'm not going to mess with that one. That's a little too much for me. But um, certainly, I'm sure that there are listeners out there that would love to test their limits, too. So thank you so much for coming on Food Farms and Chefs. And I look forward to seeing you more often and seeing what else you, you're going to bring about. That sounds awesome. And they can go to www.gourmetshows.com to see where I'll be at next. I'm going to leave this for you. And you let me know, you know, give it to someone you love, or if they don't like spicy, give it to somebody you don't love so much. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us at Food Farms and Chef Beth. <laughs> and I will, I will, uh, I'll probably try it just to see how I rick, but not in public. <laughs> Thank you so much. That sounds awesome. It's been a pleasure. And I wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving and a very Merry Christmas. Thank you. And I have Francisco Gomez, who owns Frisco's Chicken, with me at live at Taste of Lancaster. Francisco, thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. And what brought you here today? Well, uh, mainly try to promote our, our restaurant. We are a barely, fairly new restaurant. We just, uh, we've been in business for two years now. And uh, yeah, we, we thought it was a great opportunity to showcase our, our food and, and, and our restaurant. It is a great opportunity to do that. So what did you bring today with you? Today we have our Peruvian chicken fried rice. 
Um, and we also are offering our chicha morada. Chicha is actually a, a very traditional Peruvian drink that we make in-house from scratch. We use imported ingredients from Peru, like uh, Peruvian purple corn. We use pineapples, uh, green apples, uh, cinnamon sticks, and other spices to make this, this delicious drink. That is a delicious drink. Um, so how, as far as like people who are coming by, like are they like, ooh, where are you at? Absolutely, yes. It's, it's a huge success. I mean, we're so happy uh, to see the, 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 the public's reaction. Everybody loves the, 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 the rice and, and the chicha. It's an opportunity to, you know, to connect with, with potential customers. Half of them have been to the restaurant already, <laughs> which is great. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. So, what other things that you know do you offer at your restaurant? Some of your fa uh, preferred dishes that people order. Our restaurant is specifically our main offering is uh, Peruvian charcoal rostizori chicken. Uh, it's a very specific and, and, and traditional way to make chicken in Peru. We actually have uh, an oven that we imported from Peru. Uh, that the chicken goes through a process of, you know, being brined for two hours in all these Peruvian spices, and then we cook it over a bit of charcoal for another hour, two hour and ten minutes, and it's it's absolutely delicious. So, so that's the main offering. Uh, with that, we offer eleven different sides that you can choose from on our meals, and a couple of bowls and some empanadas as well. That's nice. Um, so, where are you located in in Lancaster? What city and what, you know, what state? We are located in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Our first restaurant is located in uh, 454 New Holland Avenue. However, we just opened a couple months ago a second location in Mount Joy, Pennsylvania. And our third location is coming up uh, due to be opening in about two weeks. Uh, and that's going to be in Leeds, Pennsylvania. Now, um, as far as you opening up different restaurants, are you celebrating the different openings with grand openings? And, you know, would, be able, would people be able to come to attend it? Or will you have any specials that you offer? We, uh, that's a good question. Uh, we, we don't really do grand openings. Um, Normally, uh, when we open, we do actually a soft opening to get the staff, um, you know, getting kind of used to what to expect. And when we announce the actual grand opening, we get slammed. We get lines out the door. So it's a, it's a very intense weekend every time we open a restaurant. I'm sure it is. Uh, now, as far as, you know, celebrating different holidays are concerned. Are you guys doing anything for the upcoming holidays? Uh, thank you for asking. We are actually on our uh, Lancaster location for Thanksgiving. We give away 84 meals to the community. Uh, and that was, that, that was it's now a tradition. It's our third year doing it. Uh, it's just our way of uh, giving back to the community and thanking them for such a warm welcome when we just opened our doors. 84 Chickens meals are uh, that that number is based on the number of chickens we sold on our first weekend we opened. So, <laughs> so connected. That's an amazing like association, especially giving back to the community. Now, Chef Barbie, who is with me right now, can ask you some more chef-related questions uh, as far as being behind the scenes. So, uh, Barbie, do you have any questions for him? 
I do, because what I did notice was that you have a lomo saltado empanada, and that is not something that you see very often. It's a very traditional Peruvian dish, the lomo saltado. But tell me about this empanada, because it's like my eyes were just drawn to it on the menu. Absolutely. Actually, that's our, our most uh, popular empanadas. We use on our uh, beef empanada, you, we use lomo saltado. Uh, we try to mimic the traditional Peruvian dish. We use uh, onions, tomatoes, and lomo beef. Um, our chicken empanada also is, is filled, uh, the filling is ají de gallina. Another very traditional Peruvian dish that is uh, the base is, is chicken and it's cooked with onions and, and palillo. And it's absolutely delicious. But yeah, the lomo, the lomo saltado is the most popular one, yeah. So that stood out to me because it seems like it's very much a Peruvian chicken charcoal braised chicken roasted place but the lomo saltado is just something that is it ties that like you have to have that on a peruvian menu so i'm really excited i did have um i, I had some samples over at your booth and i cannot wait to come try the locations because there's just so much heart and just what i had here so tell me about your heart like what what drove you to bring a piece of peru here. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much. It's an honor, and, and you made me feel really, really good coming from a chef to, to, to think so highly of, of our food. Um, what is it? I am Peruvian. I, I love Peruvian food. Um, now, Peru has about 500 different dishes. It's the, the food scenery in Peru is it's unbelievable. Why, why the chicken? Because it's, 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 it's a chicken that I grew up eating. I love it. It was probably my favorite meal. It's so comfort food, so easy to eat, easy, uh, easy to take home. Uh, it's, just, it's just incredible. And I knew that that was something that would please uh, a, 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 a broad array of customers here. And I, sure, I, I, was, I was right. I mean, we have all kinds of customers and they love it. They love the. Tell me about your sauces. Oh, the sauces. It's all about the sauces. That's what I always say. Uh, in normally in Peru, if you go to uh, one of the chicken restaurants, which you will find almost every corner, they have they have a sauce, and each restaurant has its own version. Some are more traditional than others, which is actually the ají sauce will will be what you call a traditional polleria sauce, chicken place sauce. Uh, is made with uh, uh, Peruvian ingredients that we import from Peru, the ajis and ají pepper that, that we bring from there. Uh, our rocoto sauce is actually a sauce that I grew up cooking. When I was young, I, was, I would go to cookouts, I would be in charge of making the sauce. We also use a Peruvian pepper called rocoto, and that's our hot sauce. And then cilantro sauce is for those who don't, uh, you know, don't want uh, hot heat on their, on their food. It's absolutely delicious. I must say, 90% of the menu is my wife's making. She's the, 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 the brains and the, and the artist behind the, the actual food. I'm just the face of the, <laughs> of the business. <laughs> now, speaking of the face of the business and, you know, how long you've been open for, how long, when did you, when were you established? And, you know, do you have further plans to to uh, open more after the third. Yes. Um, I in, in March of 2020, I lost my job. I worked in a, in a hotel just like this one. And because of COVID, I was let go. Luckily, I already had the idea of this, this restaurant in my head. However, it was 
took me about eight months to actually open the restaurant. We opened in the middle of the pandemic. Two weeks after we opened, uh, they, the second shutdown shut happened, which would sound like something against us, but actually worked for us. It was amazing because our food is so easy to take home that we had orders left and right. We didn't have, it was kind of a nightmare. I, 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 I didn't have enough hands to, to cook chicken. Uh, so it was as an incredible success since the very beginning. Uh, that has led us to, to be able to open our second location, like I said, and, and a third location very soon. Where can our listeners find you online and uh, in person? Well, um, our Lancaster location is in, in New Holland Avenue, right next to the Science Factory. Uh, the best way to order, we have an app. You can do- download the app on iPhone or Frisco's app. And if you order online, which is the easiest way to order, is uh, friscoschicken.com. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to trying some of your food. Thank you so much for the interview. Thank you. Thank you.